Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. So let me ask you, did anybody drive a, a little slower or a little more carefully this week? <laughs> In case you missed it, uh, there was a story last week, and we started things off with, you know, a, a funny story, if you will. And you should really get into it in case you missed it. But I'll give you a spoiler alert. And that spoiler alert, for those who missed it, is the moral of the story, which is this. It's not about what you're capable of but it's about what you're carrying. It's not about what you're capable of, it's about what you're carrying, all right? Uh, last night we had a prime example. Dr. Carmen pointed it out that just what I preached about happened where we're in the car with the family, somebody's behind us, they're displeased with the pace in which we're going and they went on around and we just let them go on around. God bless you, hope you get to your destination safely, amen? Welcome to Ruining Reputations Part 2, all right? Ruining Reputations Part 2, Part 2 of 2, okay? Ruining Reputations Part 2. So last week, leading into this week, um, we're talking about reputations. Somebody say reputations. It's important for us to talk about reputations and one of the reasons it's important to talk about reputations is that we've discovered uh, quite a few things about reputations. We have discovered that some of us honor our reputation in an unhealthy way. We've discovered that some of us are bound by our reputations. We've discovered that some of our growth is stunted because of our desire to uphold certain reputations, that some of our capacities are capped at the hands of not making room for things outside of our reputations. And so again, today, here we are with part two of ruining reputations. Let's turn in our Bibles to Galatians. Galatians. Some people say Galatians. <laughs> the first chapter, and let's look at the 10th verse. And I want to lift it up in the New Living Translation. That's Galatians 1 and 10, the theme scripture for the two-part series. And it reads like this. It says, obviously, <laughs> I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. All right? Shout out to the author, Apostle P, for laying down that track because he was spitting what? Bars. Amen. Listen, this thing is true of him and it should be true of you. Apostle P said, I ain't worried 
about none of y'all. <laughs> he said, listen, I love you, but I'm not concerned about being approved by you. He said, if I was trying to please y'all, I would not be Christ's servant. And the JEG3 version continues with what is deduced, I would be y'all's servant, right? Anybody desire to serve the Lord? Quick recap from part one. The first thing we talked about was rapport over reputation. Y'all remember that? There's a difference, right, between rapport and reputation. Reputation is the beliefs or opinions that are generally held about someone or something. Rapport is a good sense of understanding and what else? And trust. Oh, y'all got notes. And trust. Amen. I care more that God can trust me than what people think of me. All right? Is that anybody else? And further, generally held is good, but godly held is better. And so we say, you know what? Jesus didn't always have the best reputation. Not with the Pharisees. Oh, but ask him about his rapport with God. All right? Systems, systems, systems. We said that the desire for a particular reputation can lead to a system of suffocation. Y'all remember that? I didn't go into that last week, but if you are desiring to uphold some reputations of old. Does anybody have any reputations of old? Uh-huh. Anybody? Oh, y'all been saved all your life. Does anybody have anything that you used to be known for? Used to be known. Okay, I got one honest person in the house. Okay, two, three honest people. Anybody online? Will y'all be truthful online that you have some reputation of old? Of old? <laughs> but if you are desiring to uphold some reputation of old, the new you who is growing and the new you who is learning and the new you who is ready to stretch out can literally be subject to suffocation at the hands of your desire for a particular reputation. Y'all with me? I didn't go into it last week, but can we go into it now? There's a peacemaker emerging on the inside of you. But that name that you made for yourself, you know, the word on the street of one who's not to be played with and, and, and one who will tell you where to go and what else and how to get there. See, y'all know somebody with that reputation. But, but what if I told you the refusal to let go of that reputation is suffocating the emergence of the thing that God is doing in you? Uh-huh, uh-huh, of a fruit of his that he wants people to taste in this season that they might taste of him. Are you more concerned about your reputation than God's? Are you more concerned with being a vessel or with seeking validation from those who knew you way back when? Little do you know, God wants to use your rowdy self to show people peace. Somebody say peace. And you want to know why? Because if you can be peaceful in situations where people know you would have normally popped off, people will know that I 
know you've been changed. <laughs> uh huh. People will know that something has happened that brought about a change in you. What I learned about this Christian journey and evangelism, not just with our mouth, but with our walk, is that change leads to investigation. <laughs> when you change, that's when people try to figure out why. And if there's no change, there's no investigation. And so I want you to investigate me, investigate my life, and see what has happened. Because in your investigation, it may lead to your transformation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because you'll meet the source of, not the problem, but the source of the solution. And his name is Jesus. Anybody all right with being an example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little do you know, but Jesus wants to make you the poster child for peaceability. Because you would be the perfect display of his ability to pick one up. And turn one's life around. Are you resisting the change? Are you suffocating this emergence? Guess what? He wants to make a spiritual success story out of you. Mm -hmm. you might want to write that down. Change the word you to me. God wants to make a spiritual success story out of me. The word says in Revelation, we quote it often, that we overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so God is serious about testimonies because they help other people overcome. He wants to make a spiritual success story out of you. But are you lending to a system of suffocation because of a desire to uphold a particular reputation? Somebody say emergence emergence emerges there's an emergence remember i told you a few weeks ago that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous based off of proverbs 13 22 listen i believe that in this hour there is an emergence of the borrower turning into the lender <laughs> yes indeed oh y'all don't hear me i believe that in this hour there is an emergence of the borrower turning into the lender. Money is getting ready to come into your hands with the wisdom to do with it what God wants you to do with it. But some of us have had a borrower mentality. And reality for so long that you would have to dismantle different association and reputation in order to embrace this emergence. See, in this process of ruining reputations, some of us are going to have to break some generational curses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because some of the reputation is a family thing. You know those Grays. You know those Johnsons. You know those Smiths. Uh-huh. You know those Browns. It's a family thing. And so in order for us to embrace some of these emergences, then we have to break some generational curses. Some of us are going to have to dismantle some toxic thoughts. Some of them are about ourselves. Some of them are about other people. Some of them are about God. Mm -hmm. And I have a series for both of those things to help you out. It's on the podcast, amen? 
and to get you into the mind frame to embrace the emergence of the new thing. Somebody say new thing. New thing that God wants to do in your life, all right? Listen, don't suffocate a righteous reputation for a raggedy one. Don't suffocate the emergence of being pure and godly in the name of being loosey-goosey. <laughs> Don't suffocate a reputation of prosperity because of a generational curse of poverty. Don't suffocate the emergence of spiritual gifting in the name of physical doubting. Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Hallelujah. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I declare and I decree, hallelujah, that what used to be a dry place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What had a reputation of being a dry place. What was known as a barren land in your life. Hallelujah. I feel God that God says behold somebody shout behold behold that means look <laughs> some of us just need to open our spiritual eyes listen that 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 look that indicates to me that if you would just open your eyes you would see that it's already happening <laughs> yeah yeah he's already working and he's already shifting and he's already changing and I've come with some news for you today it's already all right <laughs> hallelujah yeah yeah let somebody know it's already all right yeah yeah let somebody know it's already all right it's uh, listen type in the comment section it's already all right behold I am doing a new thing it's in progress. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Are you missing it? Are you looking at something else? Are you distracted by something? Do you not perceive it? I will make a way. I'll create one. I'll carve out one. I'll call forth one where there wasn't one. I'll make a way in what was once known as wilderness. See, wilderness, that's going to be a reputation because they're going to come in and say, this couldn't have been wilderness. And that's when you start testifying. And rivers in what had a reputation of being desert. Somebody's getting it. <laughs> I will make a way in what was once known as wilderness and rivers in what had a reputation of being the desert. I will make a way, receive it for whoever it is, in what was once known as wilderness and rivers in what had a reputation of being the desert. Embrace the emergence, whatever that emergence is in your life. It may look different than anything you've ever seen. Guess what? Embrace it. It may not be comfortable. It may be contrary to what you were taught. Guess what? Embrace it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It may look foreign. You may have never seen anybody do it before. You still do it. Holy Spirit will guide you and give you instruction. Embrace it. 
Embrace the emergence. Don't give in to a system of suffocation. But embrace what is emerging in your life. And so with that said, we are reevaluating restraint. Remember I talked about often with, with the learning, there comes an unlearning. Because a lot of us, we have learned, either on our own accord or somebody else's, what it means to be restrained. And we don't like it. <laughs> restraint, you know, it sounds aggressive. It sounds, sounds like a dirty word. It sounds smothering. But restraint is here to help you, not to hurt you. Somebody needed to hear that. Restraint, I'm talking about godly restraint now. I don't know about no other, you know. But as far as restraint, godly restraint, it's here to help you and not to hurt you. I love when I get feedback and when you all share confirmation and revelations and things regarding the word. And I got a lot of that this week in response to part one of ruining reputation. And one thing that came to me was from Brother Kwan. Y'all know Brother Kwan. You know, he, he got some wisdom on him. And so um, I, I love the way uh, he's one of the people who sees things really well. And, and so he said to me, Pastor, one thing blessed me. I was uh, thinking back over the word, and I saw that word restraint has the word rest in it. I said, oh, Kwan, you, you on something now. As we see, the word restraint literally starts with rest. And that blessed me because really restraining is resting in response to God's control. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This God restraint is resting in response to God's control. When you talk about self-control, because remember, we said that restraint is a fruit of the Spirit. Because another word for restraint is self-control. So when you talk about self-control as a fruit of the Spirit, guess what? Self-control is really God-control. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-control is really when you give yourself a rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also when you arrest yourself. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say it again. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's really God-control. It's when you give self a rest. And it's also when you arrest self and tell self, sit down somewhere. God's got this. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yep, go ahead. You know, you know sometimes you got to arrest self because self can get buck wild. And self can forget who self is. So you have to sit self down somewhere. Somewhere. Take a seat, any seat, but sit on down because you're trying to run this self, but God's got it. He's got it in control. And so I love that, Brother Kwan, because indeed restraint saves your energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some of us are burnt out crying to God, why? As if he has something to do with it. The better question is why not? Oftentimes it's honestly because we are not preserving our energy in the ways that God has set up because we're tiring ourselves off doing or tiring ourselves out doing a job that is his. Mm 
We're not fit for it. If you try to do a job that's God's, you're going to burn yourself out every time. Every time. And so when you try to control everything in your life, woo, you'll wind up going crazy. You'll wind up going crazy because you weren't meant to. You're, you're, get out, sit down somewhere. You're doing God's job, or at least you're trying to. But restraint saves you energy, okay? And this is introducing a sobering perspective, a refreshing perspective even. And it reminds me of how I told you all at the beginning of the year that true freedom comes with boundaries. Yep. And now we see that real rest comes with restraint. Yep. So just as true freedom comes with boundaries, real rest, I'm talking about real rest, it comes with restraint. Okay? Check this out. Some of us would rid ourselves of some headaches if we learned how to restrain. Some of us would rid ourselves of some heartaches if we learned how to restrain. Dr. Shanice, thinking about your Bible study question, some of us can save relationships if we learn how to restrain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us, we fell out with people to this day that we ain't had no business falling out over, but we couldn't control this mouth. We couldn't sit down some. We couldn't tell self to sit down somewhere. And so now that same buckwild mouth has created a narrative that is untrue about the other party because it doesn't expose you. I'm sorry. Let me, let me move on. And so some of us would rid ourselves of these headaches and of these heartaches if we learned how to restrain. When you restrain, you get what's yours. When you restrain, you get what's yours. Not what somebody else's or what self think it wants. But when you restrain, you know that, listen, I'm at peace because everything I have is because God worked it out for me. Let's reevaluate restraint, you all. Let's reevaluate restraint. Restraining is not losing. Restraining is actually winning. Check this out. This is very important. Restraining is only losing if you have the wrong judge with the wrong scorecard. Restraining is only losing if you have the wrong master. Mm-hmm. Caleb agrees, do you? If somebody tries to incite a shouting match with you, and you bite your tongue, and you hold your mule, and you keep silent, the wrong judge will say that you just lost the fight, that you just lost the argument. That's the wrong judge. Uh-huh. But the right judge and the right master will see clearly that, ooh, look at you, you didn't won. You didn't won. You didn't pass that test. The right judge will give you all tens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The right judge. Y'all see the right judge? The right judge will give you all tens because you won. How did I win, judge? Well, you won in the area of growth. 
I give you all tens there. You won in the area of self-control. I give you all tens there. You won in the area of restraint. I give you all tens there. You won in the area of embracing the emergence of the new thing. Look at you with your new self. The new thing that God is trying to do in you. You won. And so we got to switch our mindset. Because if you say you lost, by whose scorecard? Who's your judge? And so you can walk away from situations that you used to walk away with your head down or shameful about. And you can have your head up and be proud about. Why? Because you have a new judge. And you operate by a new scorecard. Come on, I, I need somebody to get this today. For example, with, with, with the car example, I told y'all that I could easily say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to show them what I can do. They keep on trying to go around me. Let me show them what I could do. But guess what I'd do? I'd give them the power to be my judge. You can only judge me if I allow you to. Okay? Let that sink in because a lot of it's a lot of talk and chatter about judgment. But you can only judge me if I allow you to. If I don't give your remarks or your response power, you're not judging me. That's just opinion. <laughs> That's just observation. God bless you for your observation. All right. But you're not my judge. But I know who my judge is. And I know who my master is. And I rest in the power and the privilege of his restraint. Mm. There's not only power in his restraint, but it's a privilege to be a product of his restraint. And I'm closing. I rest on Isaiah 43:19. Somebody say rest. We're resting on the fact that Isaiah says, behold. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way, make a way, make a way, create a way, carve a way, forge a way in the wilderness and rivers where there shouldn't even be a drop of water. Rivers in the desert. We're resting on that. We're resting on Galatians 1.10. Apostle P says this, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. Why? Because that's a whole nother scorecard. I'm not even trying to be involved with those judges. I'm not trying to win. Isn't Paul the same one who said, listen, my eyes are on the prize. I'm pressing toward a mark that you won't find on their scorecards. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Anybody want to be approved by God? If people-pleasing were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Check this out, y'all. I will not ruin my life built in Christ. For a reputation, I built myself. I will not ruin my life built in Christ for a reputation that I have allowed someone else to build for me. 
Therefore, I'll be it. It will be my resolve not to ruin my rapport with God, but to be okay, rather, with ruining reputations. This has been Ruining Reputations, part two, and I pray that you've been blessed. Amen? Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise for his word. Hallelujah. God, we honor your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us, God, in the name that is above all names, that mighty name of Jesus. As everybody begins to stand all over the building, we are opening the doors. We're, we're giving the invitation to come to get to know Christ. And so if you're in the room or on the live stream and you're saying, that's me, I need to know Jesus as my Savior. I know about him. I know some of the Bible stories and I know, you know, family members that are saved and everything. That's great. But you know, you need to know him for yourself. And so if you're here today and you want to make that step, the Bible makes it plain. That is really, really easy. You have to confess with your mouth, but then you have to believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, that he rose on the third day, and that, you know what, now he's, he's, he's sticking up for you. When the enemy, who is an accuser of the brethren, tries to accuse you, he's sticking up for you. He's interceding on your behalf. And so if you're here today and you're saying, I, I definitely want to be saved, I want to confess and believe, and I want to walk this thing out with Christ, today is a perfect day to do that. Amen. Perfect day. And so, I'll go ahead and pray a prayer. If you repeat after me and really believe it, then you're saved. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Make me whole. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you raised your son, Jesus, from the dead. I believe that he rose on the third day. I believe that he is now seated at your right hand, interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, clap it up for anybody who received salvation today. If you receive salvation, raise your hand. If you're on the live stream, then you can type, I'm saved, because we do want to connect with you and, and make sure that we get some information to you, walk you through the Romans Road and things like that. We do have a second appeal, because God desires for you to be in relationship with him, but also fellowship with others. And so if you're in the room or on the live stream, and you want to become a part of what God is doing here at WAPSI, the Word of Prayer Cultural Center, we invite you with open arms. If that's you today, you can make it known. If you're in the room, raise your hand. If you're on the stream, type, I'm part of the family, and we will welcome you into the family. Amen. Amen. Can we give God some praise in here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for those who are on the live stream for joining us today. And those who are in-house, thank you for being here to fellowship with us in person. 
God is good. Um, on Wednesday, we had a blessed time, didn't we? Talking about emotions and introducing things for next week or this week now. So this week, Wednesday, do not miss out. We have uh, anger, part one. I'm angry. What is anger? And we have our masterful, the illustrious, the astute, the ordained teacher of the gospel, Dr. Deacon, Teacher Lorraine. She's going to be introducing like nobody else can. And so the teacher is going to be teaching. So make sure that you are here. Listen, if you want to come here, you can come here. Um, those who are here, we, we definitely got it going. And if you um, need to be online, go ahead and, and join in online and even share it so it can be a blessing to somebody else. Because how many of you know that as we learn, we all deal with emotions. And furthermore, we all deal with anger. Some of us in different, you know, proportions than others. And so no matter what, this is going to be a word, um, a series teaching and discussion for you. This is for everybody, all right? So make sure you join in. Make sure you join in. Amen? Amen. And so um, that's all we have. Be blessed and let's pray. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your power. Father God, thank you for your provision today. Thank you for being in our midst. God, we thank you, Lord, that we were able to lift you up. And you said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. And so we lifted you up in a way that I pray will draw people to the Father. God, I thank you for corporate worship. I thank you, Lord, for the word that went forth, that it will literally not fall on deaf ears, but will do a work in us. God, I thank you even for the WAP kids. I pray that you would bless them. Lord God, each and every one of them represented on the video and the ones who weren't, bless them, God. Touch them, cover them, build them up, God. And please empower us to help train them up. Your word says if we train them up in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart. And so I thank you, Father God, that we are able to help to avoid departure. God, I pray that this is an amazing week, a super phenomenal week for everybody. I pray, Lord, that even when things come um, that don't feel good, God, that you will remind us that you are good. And I pray, Lord God, that your peace is something that we will experience in a great way this week. Father, I thank you for unexpected blessings. I thank you for things like checks in the mail, God. I thank you for things like opportunities to serve others and to evangelize, Lord. Let us not miss any windows of opportunity and let us not shut any door and let us not suffocate any emergence. Now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his Father's face with exceeding joy, be glory dominion and power, henceforth and forevermore. Let God's people shout amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise. <laughs>